0: I just, it, yeah, it what just, were you singing? It doesn't feel... I was doing a mask off by Future, but it was a sock off because I took the sock off the mic. Oh, right, because you took your sock off the yeah, mic. And I'm so just going to adjust do, 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 do. <laughs> that,
1: that flute. So. Um, yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is Down Down Critics Down, a film review podcast. My name is Morgan Roberts. And my name is
0: Dominic Mann. That film was cheap. Fitzgerald. Man, that film was cheap. That's my middle So um,
1: as, uh, at time of recording, we haven't even released the first episode of this yet, but after yeah. reviewing Flubber, um, we thought we should uh, take a take a break from the shit's bin <laughs> yeah. and give something else. So what have you picked for us this week? It's your turn.
0: Honestly, after Flubber fried whatever <laughs> brain mo- molecules I had, I can't even talk. Flubber really fucked me. I'm not going to lie. I've been thinking about it all week <laughs> since we recorded last I think that the day that we uh the day that we decided
1: on that was a Friday so that Friday shall be ever known now henceforth as flubber Friday flubber, Fucked flubber Friday, Friday.
0: Flubber, <laughs> flubber Friday oh my gosh
1: yeah um flubber really- Harry's cousin Harry's cousin just went was on a school trip to Canberra in the last week of term and she came home with some presents from him from the um um Questacon and one of them was like this um like putty, like bouncing putty. And I'm like, oh. it's flub.
0: It's flying rubber. <laughs> it's flying rubber. The absolute madmen at Questacon have flubbed up. They um, haven't flubbed up. They've got those flying
1: cars in Canberra. We just don't know about it. Uh, yeah.
0: Mal drives one. Mal, Mal, old oh, mate Mal, Malcolm Turnbull drives one.
1: So, my boy, what have you picked for us this week?
0: I walked into Coles, my turn to pick the film, and I was like, man, I kind of want to pick something that is good or at least has structure because my main problem with Flubber is that it was such a strangely structured film.
1: I mean, put it this way, for me, I don't mind enjoying a shit film as long as it sort of uh, – this this sentence will not make sense, but I don't mind enjoying a shit film as long as it makes some sort of sense. But there was just yeah, too much I, I mean, I
0: like to yeah. know what's happening. Just in general. <laughs> just in life. I don't it really just puts you in a good direction to actually know what's happening. <laughs> and when you can't explain why why Robin Williams is isn't is forgets to go to his wedding for a third time <laughs> four t- and then
1: and then electively and the decides to go or not go on the fourth time spoilers
0: for flubber <laughs> if you didn't listen to the last episode he still doesn't show up to the wedding that's right he you, facetimes you beat a cuss who didn't listen to the first episode <laughs> crazy but so i went to the bargain wall and i thought all right what do we got and then immediately i saw a film in the five dollar section that just that floored me because i was like this film is too good I thought it was too good for the for the five dollar section. I was like, I would easily pay at least ten dollars for this, and there is no point drawing it out later. You've seen the title of the episode; it was "The Adventures of Tintin: Secret of the Unicorn." The it's is it yeah no that is the subtitle, but it's not on any of our any of the DVD copies or no. I think it's on a few posters. I think it's It's, on a few posters. It's
1: it's on it's on uh, I. It's on the iTunes because I ended up buying it on iTunes because mm. I couldn't I just thought, nah, this is too quality, as you said. Yeah. And I just ended up buying it on iTunes. But let me just confirm a Fat H D download. I know. It. it says the adventures of Tintin.
0: Yeah. Which I think is fine. It's a it's an it's a mouthful. I, brevity is the soul of wit, so absolutely. Absolutely. But- but yeah.
1: in the title, in the in the um, uh, in the opening credits, it does say
0: "The Secret of the Unicorn," which is a nice touch. It does, it does. But we're, so I, yeah, I picked uh, okay. the two. Tooth- uh, thank you. <laughs> we we need to work at these hand gestures be
1: better. Like, Let's do hand signals. Proceeds to not yep. fucking use hand signals.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is my this is my for for audio purposes. I'm thrusting my arm out and pointing a finger into the camera. That's when I want to speak, motherfucker. Okay. So, yeah, I picked the, you know, the 2011 film, uh, The Adventures of Tintin, not Secret of the Unicorn. That's not on the box. Um, box. (laughs) That's not on the box. Uh, Directed by Steven Spielberg. I want to talk about the the team that put this together before we start, because it is a big team.
1: Yeah, I, and I did jot a little bit of this down, but I knew that Hawkeye, uh, Hawkeye Fitzgerald would be on the on the opening credits and on that IMDb IMDb page uh, straight up. So off, it's over to you, my friend. I mean, well,
0: see, this is the thing. I was very aware of it because of the time it came out. I'm a big I was uh, a big page fan, big Peter Jackson, New Zealand's very own. Um. Famously big had a lot going on. Peter Jackson. <laughs> way to timestamp this episode, by the way. We're on that big, we're on that big dick energy wave. Um, God, that's the weirdest nickname for cum ever. The big dick energy wave. It's a weird Dragon Ball Z move.
1: <laughs> Timestamping. What about? In, what?
0: Nay, trend setting, my friend. Trend setting. Trend setting. We are furthering the culture. This is true. This is this is true. No, so 2011, notoriously busy time for Peter Jackson. He's just taken Absolutely. over production on the uh, on the I think I'm fair to say this the flailing hobbit trilogy. Still mm. a um two films at this point. Um Stevie yeah, Spielberg totally. coming off of Warhorse in the same year. And didn't then see that. At that and then at this point he was working he probably already shot um Lincoln so huh. the
1: who is Lincoln was it wasn't it Daniel Day-Lewis Daniel Day-Lewis Lewis.
0: Oh, Day the, the, the 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 actor the the, the renowned character actor yeah <laughs> Method, I don't think that Method. man ex- I don't think that man exists unless he's in a film <laughs> playing someone else I don't think that's he. right I don't think that's he has right. a life outside of it um
1: originally cast to uh, originally cast for uh the chaser creation um Mark Latham but that's a that's an Australian political <laughs> reference. Yeah. Two shout out to the
0: Aussies. We've d- we, we, we we really want to alienate a foreign audience if we get one. Um, but here's the
1: thing. Uh, uh, f- f- whose films w- we will probably never see in the $5 bin? But how Daniel you know Day-Lewis?
0: I don't know. I feel pretty confident that we'll see like, I don't know, what's, a, what's the most popular film Daniel Day-Lewis is in? Because you well, know let's see. No, one, no one's gonna go to the five dollar bin to try and find a copy of There Will Be Blood or no. The Master. No.
1: Like if they want it, they'd already have it. They just yeah. iTunes it. Anyway, we digress. Yeah. Big year for Very um digress. Stevie for the gang Stevie Spiel. For yeah. the gang.
0: I want to talk about this movie. So directed by Steven Spielberg, produced by Peter Jackson and the and the Weta digital team. Yeah. Do you know the writers of this movie?
1: I do. I note it down. So Joe Cornish, I don't know. So, But I was very interested to see the other two. Well, it, it, it starts to make a little bit of sense. It's sh- just like, huh, some pieces are coming together here. Stephen Moffat.
0: Stephen Moffat. Uh, at this point, currently in his second series, maybe they're working on the third of his run of Doctor Who. Mm. So uh, technically. A good time. A good time before, before he seven. got a bit
1: over. Before Moffat got a bit too Stephen Moffat on that, before series, his in, head,
0: in b- before his head shrunk backwards into and then back out of his own ass, <laughs> which is crazy. I'm not afraid to take shots at Moffat. I don't know if- otherwise, otherwise known as going full Stephen Moffat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, he got too Moffat. It's crazy. When do you think um, the Moffat drop happened? I don't know. See, I'd have to go and rewatch Sherlock season three. Okay, I, I have barely watched any of Sherlock. Sherlock um, season one is like some masterpiece television. Season two is pretty good. And then season three just fucking does this weird. It's like, all right, Moffat, we get it, dude. We get it. When's the episode with the wedding photographer
1: that everyone keeps telling me about, but I've no, never um, seen.
0: Yeah, that's the best one. That's season three. And that's like the what? middle. Is it the second one? or Yeah. Oh, but it's actually, it has but to it's actually good. But the rest of the it's season the best is one. Not. Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: I don't think um, it was written by Stephen Moffat. <laughs> I think that was a Gaddis one. I think that was a Gaddis one. Shout outs to Mark Gaddis. Mark Gaddis is the is the uh, is the um, is the Steven merchant to Moffat's Gervais. <laughs> <laughs> one went full hack and the other one still achieving. Still quietly achieving. Just Do uh, you know just quietly. Do you know what um what Stephen Merchant's working on now? No, he's working on his first feature film, written or well, sorry, not his first solo at least, written and directed by him. It's about wrestlers, huh? And it's got like The Rock and um, ah, uh, what's her name? There's this um WWE superstar. She's from Norwich in England. And she's I also. Know. I a, don't know a lot about wrestling. I, I'm a big. I'm a big wrestling boy. I'm a big wrestling boy. I love the wrestlers. I love my Jonathan Cena's. I don't. Know, I, see, I don't know any, any. Okay, I know all of that name, but name I don't, three I wrestlers. don't know who that is. Name three wrestlers that aren't Hulk Hogan. Um, the is it the Undertaker? Yes, Undertaker. Yes.
1: Um, is there a Steve? Someone. Yeah, he's got a nickname. Um, I don't know. It's it's a stone cold Stone Cold Steve Austin. There we go. Yeah. And uh a- apart from apart from the Rock, of course, cuz everyone knows the fucking Rock. Fuck the Rock. Everyone's seen the the, the, the Rock jumping off that that big CGI
0: building. Dude, I'm taking <laughs> the Rock. I'm taking a shot at you. Your movie sucks. <laughs> Stop trying to break up the Fast Family. <laughs> I'm taking shots.
1: I don't get you, you, know you know what Stephen Merchant's working on? A, a podcast that yeah. is more incongruous <laughs> than ours.
0: Dude. Yeah. I w- yeah. Stephen Merchant should come Look. on his podcast and take a yeah. shot at whoever he wants.
1: Mate, the invite's always there. Our yeah. number one listener, Stephen Merchant, at time of recording, the podcast is not even on the internet. No.
0: <laughs> no. If he hears the first one, loves
1: it. And he's sticks her out. Well, he's fucking, gonna
0: love this second one.
1: That's absolutely, absolutely right. Um, yeah. Stevie Merchant, look, baby. Look, a third wrestler. I don't know. Um,
0: look, I digress. Look, I we've, we've we've digressed very heavily. You know what? You know, we've gone up I our own. I listen to a lot of Topop
1: and they do talk about wrestlers a bit so I should know of a couple more but look let's get back to
0: uh, hey, let's get Hey back to that hey point. hey you know what we've uh, shoved uh, we've this podcast has gone up its own ass, much like the writing of Stephen Moffat speaking of Stephen Moffat he co-wrote The Adventures of Tintin <laughs> with with Edgar Wright and his writing Edgar partner Wright. Joe Cornish Okay so I didn't know that that's what who yeah. Joe Cornish was it's he's he. They've worked on a few things, like um, Joe Cornish co-wrote the the original draft of Ant Man that Edgar Wright worked on. Pretty cool. Um, and um, I think I don't want to get my yeah. And I think Joe Cornish wrote and directed Attack the Block. I don't want to get my. I always get Joe Cornish mixed up with another director, British director. So I don't want to. But I'm fairly certain he directed and wrote Attack the Block," which is the the film, the first film with um, John Boyega. It's very good. Huh. I should check that out.
1: Okay. Um. How do you want to break this down? Because I feel like uh, Flubber, we went a bit too much play by play. Very too so, much. So I want to talk um, about um, the. Yeah. <laughs> I do, which <laughs> was to... perhaps, perhaps just to do with uh, our absolute bewilderment at the fact that it had no structure. <laughs>
0: Yeah, crazy, especially from John John Hughes. I'm I'm freaked out by that. But I do want to talk about this this movie is such a it's such a team effort. Like you mm. really can feel the 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 input of everybody involved from like Steven Spielberg, very famous for his light-hearted nature which is all throughout the film. I want to talk about the Weta Digital team. I love – the main thing that I always come back to in this movie is I adore the style and the look of this film. I think it's probably perfect for the film.
1: I I feel like there were times where there are just massive gaps in my notes where I was just really enjoying watching this film yeah. and not really having much to say about it other than – this is so fun. Yeah, I didn't take enjoyable. notes. <laughs> I didn't take notes because I was like, I know exactly what I'm going to not- say about this. Um, so we open with those credits, which are really like, which is, uh, you know, it's taking a couple of little notes from a bunch of, you know, that um, – that ro- rotoscoping animation style with a bunch mm. of silhouettes jumping through different scenes and different stuff. Mm. And that's really cool. Um, and we open in the marketplace, which is, I quite like all the little portraits where he's getting yeah. his portraits taken. Oh, just he's getting his portrait,
0: portraits. And it's the Hergé version of the drawing was well, just.
1: Yeah. But, but I, even more past that is you look at the guy who he's done, all the other characters he's done. They're all characters from the Hergé book. Yeah. So well,
0: this is the I thing we should that. talk about. You, well, this is the thing we should talk about. You, you were very excited when I told you I'd pick this because you are quite the, the Hergé, the Tintin fan.
1: I, well, yeah. In fact, I, uh, on my, um, on my, uh, other podcast, What Do You Make? I talked to Siobhan Coombs from the (laughs) series Clang. Clang? took us one and a half episodes. Talked to, um, co-host of Serious Issues, Siobhan Coombs about Tintin, um, And I haven't, like, I sort of just got back into Tintin because I got back into comics. But yeah, man, when I was in primary school, I was such a Tintin fan. I've probably read all the books. And so for me, it was interesting being like, oh, basically, this film is the plot of The Secret of the Unicorn, but interesting to see what's changed to make everything. I thought it was great. It was just made it a bit tighter. It made it, you know, a 90 minute. You know, it was, how long was it?
0: 140? It is, is, yeah, like one hour 40 it yeah. is around there it's so, it's such a tight length yeah um but yeah like
1: i'm such a fan and it was really cool to see the directions that they took that story and made it work a bit better
0: yeah so you had told me that initially and then i i i got i understood it very much because it's the parallel of myself being a big fan of the james bond franchise and there are a lot of similarities in terms of the relation between the source material and the the adaptation of the film um mm. because a lot of the james bond movies specifically the earlier ones were sort of mixing and matching parts of the books and taking stuff that would have that would have worked better for a film and mm. um to see that you to see that in tintin i i i couldn't tell that they were from different books because it is just so well blended Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, oh no, and and as someone who was able to see exactly where they took different things from um yeah. It didn't bother me. It was from more from just a fan perspective of going, oh, that's cute that they did that. I mean, basically Tintin's already been on a whole bunch of adventures at this point. Mm. Um, There's that little, there's that wonderful shot where um, in his apartment where it has all the newspaper clippings and it's like yeah. Tintin has, you know, where he um saved the, he found King Ottokar's yeah. scepter. That's a book and he found the idol and da, 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 and the list yeah. goes on. But he hasn't met Captain Haddock. And so our key thing for me was, oh, okay. They basically took the introduction story of him meeting Captain Haddock from mm. uh, I think it's um, The Crab with the Golden Claws, which is like the first major Tintin book and where they meet each other. And he basically took that origin story of meeting him on the ship and then they went from there.
0: Yeah. it is. So, yeah. It is such a tight, especially in terms of a story, it does feel like – we meet this dude Tintin. Everybody's talking about how he's a journalist. Everybody sort of knows him, except for like of the main antagonists who come into the piece, but there is this sense of there's a protagonist here that is does have this history explored in books that you can then choose to go back and look through if you if you love the movie. Oh which which mm. we both did, of course. So with that said, I do want to talk about the the general plot, and I think it's and I think it's it's just so. I I feel the same way about it as I do to films like um, obviously Steven Spielberg's own the Indiana Jones series. Mm. In terms of as as far as a structured adventure serial goes, it just nails all those beats, beats by beat by beat. absolutely and it's got intrigue and it's got action it's got such good set pieces i mean we'll 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 get into specific stuff later but just even even during the start like uh, the running through the streets trying to catch the pickpocket um the first time he enters um i for uh uh estate oh yeah
1: and I, my note for that is classic Tintin just, like, fucking breaking and entering willy-nilly, like, whatever. Just the maddest man ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I, there's a mystery. I'm just going to fucking break into this guy. fucking break into this
0: old dude's house. It's no yeah. deal. And then he um, gets whacked. Yeah. I think this is the point where we should start to talk about the performances. Um, Very good. Uh, Jamie Bell plays a yeah. Tintin. Terrifically... Horrifically, sort of exuberant and and and, and sprite, sprightly in the role. Yeah, um, I didn't. I, I forgot was, that.
1: I forgot. Um, I knew that Andy Circus was involved in this film, but I had forgotten until the end credits he that Haddock. he was Haddock. Yeah,
0: just loves that thick Scottish accent. It's um, absolutely. Is there? Is there? Has he ever done Western an accent in a film? Blue band Ten he ever done thousand
1: a- thundering typhoons. <laughs>
0: has he ever done an accent in a film that hasn't been spectacular I, don't I know because i just i lost my mind seeing him playing um uh the the, the antagonist in um black panther in, in oh, that yeah. south african accent talking yeah, about this mixed type and yeah. Oh my lord, he said he said he was going to he was dropping on SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Andy Maybe, circus. Andy Clang Circus as my friends call me.
0: And they call me Andy Clang Circus. <laughs> um so he says something like yeah. El Dorado in you know, a South African accent. Reminds me a lot of um and this is a reference point that we'll talk about, that I'll specifically talk about. Reminds me a lot of The Uncharted games. Um Nadine, the uh, the mercenary, the South African mercenary. Hmm. Come off with the rife. and then Daniel
1: Craig as um Sakharin Oh my lord! Slash Red Rackham. Pretty lordy, good, man.
0: lordy. Da- Pretty good. Daniel Craig is a terrific performer. Like he just has such a presence that you can feel through the the motion capture. There were mm. there were points where I I recognized where you could see Sacharin like make facial gestures where I'm like I've totally seen Daniel Craig do that gesture <laughs> in a whole bunch of the Bond films. That's that's an actor that is a performance behind mm. the the thing, and that's why I want to talk about. I just performance capture is such an an incredible tool. I I need more animated films to be made with motion like capture it. for
1: me. Th- I mean we will talk about the set pieces but like I'd like to go back to that first uh the chase with the the wallet thief. Yeah. Um, and the and the Thompsons. Oh, okay, you know what so I think the wallet thief is also a uh no I don't know. I, I I'm not sure so I'm not willing to to put that on, on the podcast and- yet. But I'm thinking that it's actually not from uh law. I'm thinking that's actually from uh that first book as well. He's on his deep law shit. Yeah crab with a golden claws but no but i i know this is this is real fucking inside baseball inside tension shit but it's 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 so seamless how it's like oh but i've got to get the wallet back because it's got the scroll in it because like that's just it just goes together um yeah fuck herge made some great stories though yeah um but yeah like that was that first where they're chasing the wallet thief through the street and it's like oh um that was the first moment that i really realized how powerful the mocap stuff was because it's got all those massive shots that are tight and they zoom yeah. out and then they have those 360 tracking shots yep. and then it goes into something else and you're like fuck doing that with a camera you just can't mm. it's just so amazing the the the, the way that it can yeah. bring you into the scene and um, the,
0: there's a there's a there's an example i want to reference Obviously, the sequence um, where they're escaping on the bikes, trying to get the the last bit of the oh, the next bit of the the scroll. How, how good was that? And it's all this entire one shot, and it took me back to the Red Letter Media, um, the Mister Plinkett um, Star Wars Revenge of the Sith review, where he hmm. talks about the opening shot of Revenge of the Sith, where it's the the two ships sort of flying through the the space battle and sort of one long uncutting shot and he does talk about how it's slightly disinteresting because you know it's it's not as impressive as like a practical mm. one you know computers yeah, can do computers can do everything and I was like yeah yeah and but you get to this bit in Tintin and just the way it is structured it is still so engaging in terms of something exciting is always happening and that's something that you can do with animation is you can make these, these sequences just so seamless and thriving and oof, no one understands that better than um, Stevie Spielberg.
1: Good old Stevie. I mean, imagine if, imagine the stuff that he, you know, can do with dinosaurs now, you know,
0: dude. All right. Yeah. Stevie. Hey, Stevie, what you think about a uh, Jurassic world fallen mm. kingdom fam? Mm. what you think? Mm. I haven't I, seen it yet. I just heard it. it's garbage. Neither. I've heard, no, this is the thing I always hear from people who like so shamelessly love it. Like, oh, it was terrific.
1: Um, something that I know that you were there in in, in, a, in a group chat that we're both in, mm-hmm. um, I pointed out uh, what my wife Emma said about it because um, Jurassic World
0: mm-hmm.
1: was on TV the other night and we just like because we were watching, we watched yeah. something and then we turned on the TV. Like we were watching Netflix and then we switched yeah. off and that finished so we turned on the TV and Jurassic World's on. It's mm-hmm. like. Fuck! This was bad. I remember seeing it in cinema. She's like, "Oh, I blocked it out. I, yeah. I don't remember that we went I, to see it in the cinema." Um, yeah. but but she's like, "Look, this is so silly because in the original, I said I said uh, that happened because of the guy who was motivated by money, Dennis Nedry, yeah, fucking up the system." And she said, "Yeah, and this is just about people being incompetent."
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, I would <laughs> so bad. I would agree, but much like your wife, I saw Jurassic World once and and I can't remember a single (laughs) thing. I saw it in the theater and it is just, it doesn't exist in my brain anymore. I I don't remember walking in. I don't remember driving back. I definitely don't remember what happened in that theater.
1: It's the darkest timeline
0: it's the darkest timeline. Um, I remember I remember a lot of movies I've seen in theaters. I remember was seeing the the re-release of T2 last year, beat for beat. But no, <sighs> Jurassic World can't do it. Sorry, um Mr. Trevoro. Yeah, sorry, sorry Colin.
1: Oh well. Anyway,
0: am, it's good that he's not making episode 9 though. Sorry, sorry, Colin. <laughs> sorry, champ. We we're, we're really like
1: we're really like shots fired at basically everyone. I'm I'm ready
0: to take shots on this podcast. I'm ready to. I'm ready Why? to take because shots. It even, not even on the internet yet at this point. Yeah, no. I could be, we could start. I could start bitching out when it actually goes live. I yeah, gotta get all my all shots the shit out. Now. I gotta get all no. Yeah. I'll, I'll maintain. I'll keep trying to take shots.
1: So all the track. Speaking of shots, those yeah. tracking shots, <laughs> the cinematography. Oh, well done! <laughs>
0: wow. Segway. The Segway game is, is 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 up on this on this pod. Um, like so basically, yeah, so
1: technical on the technical note, do you want to keep talking about some technical stuff or is that yeah, basically really, watch lyrical no, about do, it? It's so great.
0: I, I do really want to talk about I, I brought up Uncharted because it's this is the blending of the adventure genres the adventure genre is hang on. What are you doing? I thought it was, I thought it was
1: pretty no, brutally was, trying to talk talking, to that person. I, I thought that better off. not be like a person. <laughs>
0: no, it was, it was, it was, it was George. Mom. <laughs> no. Mom. Turn that shit down. Like, I want <laughs> to play. Trying to record a podcast. My God.
1: Real Michael oh, Jackson
0: hours. Put, you can put that in. You can put yeah. that in at the end. Um, Macaulay Culkin. All right.
1: <laughs> all
0: right. All right. Uh, edit point. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're leaving
1: it all in, boy. So, put this um, in at the end. So, yeah. Um, technical stuff.
0: I want to talk about the um, just the the influence the adventure serial genre is a, is a, is a pretty historic one. And I love the genre because I can always see influences crossing in and out and influencing each other. And it all goes really well. I think the staples of this genre Hmm. in each medium, I think there are like certain benchmarks in each medium. So, you know, uh, benchmarks in film, it's indie. It's Star Wars. It's James Bond. Um, you know, with books, I think it's 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 Tintin. Um, it's it's it's. Um, I'm trying to think of other examples. Oh, you mean in terms of comic books? Well, no, just in terms of I, I'll I'll call I'll call a Tintin a book, even though it's a it's a comic book. But just like literary um, examples of, of action adventure serials.
1: And you see I'm, all this influence. I'm deciding not to help you out here. I'm just lo- don't watching. Help me, you. Don't help me, just watch me drift.
0: <laughs> and then I think in video games, the Uncharted series by Naughty Dog is just I think it's it's such a benchmark because it's it's finally taking these these wide these wide reaching, these fast-paced cinematics with these really likable characters. Of film and literature, and giving you the opportunity to play that out, and I really think that those video games they use motion capture, and that's why all of those cutscenes and those characters are so well played out because they do have these these they they do have these human movements, and they sound mm. like real people. They don't just sound like people standing in a booth recording lines. They're actually yeah. moving around and doing motion capture, and I think that's yeah completely the way the art form should work. And I think that's cool to see all of that influence here in Tintin. Because hmm. everyone is so expressive and the exploring environments is is so is so well done in that film. Hmm. It is just this 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 very well crafted adventure. And I don't think there's there's much more, much higher praise we can give it. In perhaps the first Half an hour,
1: forty minutes. I did find my attention wandering a little bit. Um, I think you know, twenty eleven. As I think in twenty eleven, when I watched it, it was amazing. Um, I mean, but there are just tight points. There are just tight points. I felt that like maybe the film could have been five to ten minutes shorter. On the whole, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on that.
0: I I think I think this is also. I don't think I don't, I think it's I I've, I've not I've been thinking about this recently. I think there is something about rewatching uh rewatching a a film or an or a, or a serial and just sort of knowing the intrigue. I think there's something upon okay. rewatch we said no. I've I found it last year when uh Stranger Things season 2 came out. I was so not disinterested watching the first series, but I was just sort of like I know exactly where it's going and it just sort of feels meandering a little bit. It's, it's like, there are some cases where I'm like, all right, I know what's going to happen. And the sort of, the steps aren't as interesting to, to, to re to re walk on. Yeah.
1: Fair enough. Are you mean watching rewatching season one before season two?
0: Yeah, but it was also, okay, yeah. but, but there are examples like I never, I never have that problem in a James Bond film because the style is so thick, I'm always enjoying the the stylishness of what's happening. And yeah. in the case of something like Indiana Jones, uh, there, is, there is never any sort of intrigue in indie because it's all just this is the thing we have to do and we have to beat these other guys to it and that's always exciting. And mm. they're sort of figuring it out as you are. There's nothing that sort of, there's no omnipresent thing that someone knows about that we don't. Unlike mm. in this one, where it's sort of uh, deep down, um, Captain Haddock knows where the where the uh, the unicorn is, and mm. he knows that um, Saccharin is Red Rackham, and that does it is that does kind of take you out of it because you know, all right, I know where it's going when they're so purposefully laying down all of this stuff. Mm. But it had been a really long time since I'd seen it, <coughs> so I didn't mm. really have that problem. Interestingly time. enough,
1: yeah, okay, fair, fair enough. Interestingly enough, I have only really recently watched um, a bunch of episodes of the animated series. Um, yeah. Specifically I watched, I'm pretty sure I watched, yeah, I watched The Secret of the Unicorn and then part two, which is uh, Red Rackham's Treasure, and that's a story arc. Mm. But in the way that Tintin was structured, that's two books and the TV show always did two episodes, which was part one and part two of a yeah. whole book. And then often you'd have those story arcs that were two books. So it'd be four episodes, two hours of maybe yeah. 25 minutes each or maybe. Yeah. So nearly two hours of content. Um, which is the roughly, whole arc.
0: yeah, which is roughly the same length as the film.
1: Yeah. So it's quite interesting to see, but then, you know, there's, you know, they stole bits from other stuff. I yeah. feel that the best decision there that they made was creating a, an actual antagonist because, I'm pretty sure that in uh, in the actual story of the Secret of the Unicorn, mm-hmm. what happens is um, uh, Saccharin is just a collector. I'm pretty sure he has no and the 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 same mob that are yeah. after the unicorn secret, the treasure, yeah. go after him as well. Oh, yeah. um, there's no, there's no relation
0: between him and. There's Rem. no relation.
1: And there's nothing about a descendant of Red Rackham. Um, The only thing about the descendant is um, is Captain Haddock's um, descendant. And at this point in the Tintin story, Captain Haddock and Tintin have been on heaps of adventures together. So this is real low down the track. So they're like, he finds the thing in the market. Um, The FBI guy or the the American guy tries to get him and then he gets shot. But, yeah, like there's this whole like you watch it and going, okay, so the whole thing is just where's the treasure? That's the tension. That's the mystery. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas with this, it's got that whole other element of this guy who, who yeah. ends up being the descendant, which just adds so much more drama to this. Yeah. I don't think it could really work. Um, it wouldn't be that interesting and certainly not worth putting all that money and time into yeah. making a film without that kind of tension to support the, the cinematics.
0: Yeah. With that said, is the climax of the film the same as in its retrospective book? So in the end of the film, they sort of no. they follow Red Rackham to the or, or Mr. Saccharin to the mm. um to the shipping docks where they sort of have that conflict mm. and the docks. And I think it's such a terrific climax for the film. Absolutely. I love that. especially the crane fight. The crane then, fight,
1: obviously images of crossed yeah. swords. Yeah. Um The fact that he then, uh, bought, you know, that Captain Haddock gets dumped back on his ship, the Cariboujan, and then is boarded by Red Rackham down the, down the crane. Like that's such a great image. Yeah,
0: It is so, it's such a fulfilling end to like the, 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 the the Captain Haddock arc. And then it sets up for Tintin's sort of arc of finding it back in the, back in the old mansion.
1: Spoilers for, uh, how many years old yeah. comic? <laughs> years. Um, and the animated TV show. And here is the thing: the animated series yeah. basically is direct comic. Yeah, there's there's no real story changes as far as I know. And I, w- I will have to watch all of them again. But in the comic and the TV show, what actually happens is they um, the coordinates are on the on the scrolls are mm. actually for a place in the world, and they go there. So that's so basically. The secret of the unicorn is them getting all the scrolls, um, going through all this stuff and then, uh, you know, being chased by the guys and then they have the scrolls and they find the location and then book two is Red Rackham's treasure and they go to find the treasure. What happens is they go and there's no treasure there. Okay. Like they find the wreck and there's a few cool artifacts and stuff um, and then they go back to Spike, which Captain Haddock has had owned, ownership of basically this whole time in the Tintin story since yeah. since they met him right since yeah. they met in the first book um, and they realized that it's actually you know that in the film how they're like oh that island's not meant to be there in the book yeah. in the comic the island is there or the the or, or where the 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 scrolls have the um, latitude and longitude yeah. that's actually where the button is so on the globe that's yeah. in the basement. They yeah. have to go to the latitude and longitude on the globe in the basement and press the button, and then yeah, the, yeah. it opens, and then they find the treasure. But there's no more treasure than that because basically the whole thing is, oh well, yeah. I mean, he got heaps of it back, and you know he yeah. gave it to his sons, and he had to, you know, he built the yeah, manor, yeah, yeah. and he still has, but this is all that's left. But basically, that's the end. Yeah. They basically, finish in the comic, and that is like, oh, well, there's no more treasure other than what was in his hat in the globe. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. Um. This Which is far more interesting in the it? film. Yeah, yeah it's great but in the film obviously this is much
0: more interesting oh this yeah. it's all fucking still at the bottom of the sea you know <laughs> yeah yeah, um, yeah it is it is such a well blended version of the story and especially for someone who is not familiar with it it did it seemed seamless yeah, it is I, th- seamless. I thought it was great yep totally seamless so um, with that said with that said this movie came out in 2011 long rumblings of when are we getting a sequel
1: Emma asked me that question as I finished. I, I, I watched most of it the other night and then I finished off the last maybe half an hour of it this morning. Yeah. Um, look, and, yeah, I said, she asked me, are they going to make another one? I said, yeah. I don't know.
0: Did it do that well in 2011? It did because this is the thing. It did well. It did well enough and it's and it's critically praised. But the problem is it's just so... Steven Spielberg and Peter Jackson are busy dudes. Yeah. Okay. You know? Fair enough. Even even Edgar Wright and Stephen Moffat are pretty busy. Well, they're dudes. not. They're not currently attached to the sequel. It's being written by some other dude. <coughs> oh,
1: it's it's being written.
0: <coughs> yes, it's being written, and it's okay. going to be about again. I will. I'll look this up because I want to be able to tell you which books it's gonna be based on and then I really
1: want see I this is and this is interesting. Don't say anything. I have not researched this at all. I know that I can't prove that at all, but I would love to see a Seven Crystal Balls. Because that was my other favorite. Seven Crystal Balls and Prisoners of the Sun was my um, other favorite Tintin books.
0: I'm about to tell you which books their sequel is supposedly based on once I Google it. And then I can gauge your um, Spielberg, sorry, I've just found, um, sorry, just articles keep popping up because mm. I do want a sequel. I think this is perfect for, I don't want to say whole franchise material, but definitely like a trilogy
1: yeah. of like adventure. Three, basically, well, because every every, all the really awesome story. Oh, no, there's plenty of great ones that are just one book. But all the classics, you know, the ones I remember, you know, Secret of the Unicorn is Red Rackham's Treasure, like Those are the Pair, Um, you know, Seven Crystal Walls, Prisoner of the Sun, Um, Destination Moon, Adventures on the Moon, uh, what else we got? We got Crab with the golden claws and then something else. That might be just a one off. I'm not <laughs> sure. Don't quote me on that. You can do your own research. But Dominic has an answer.
0: Fucking hell. Did you I'm um, b- bullshit. You read this article. Originally the second Tintin film was going to be based on Her The Seven Crystal Balls and The Prisoner oh. of the Sun. <laughs> I knew it. Oh hang on. But, you know well, However, it's hang a classic, on, but it's not. Oh. Oh. However, screenwriter Anthony Horowitz later stated that those books would be the second sequel and another story would be the, the, the first sequel. So Seven Crystal Balls and Prisoners of the Sun was slated to be the third film. Uh, scroll That's down to a bunch to of be. the news. on In March 2018... Recent March, news, fam. This is... Well, this is the thing. Because now that... Spielberg's just cleared a whole bunch of shit off his plate. With Reddit Player One. Reddit <laughs> Player One. Sorry. He's he's got like some other small film in, but he's got nothing big coming up. Peter Jackson is producing Do you know about Mortal Engines? Uh no. What's that? So Peter Jackson has is not directing. He's written and producing a film based on a book called The Mortal Engines that's being directed by... Oh, yeah, yeah. we've Christian got the big, the big
1: city things.
0: Yeah, it's being directed oh, yeah. by one of his underlings, like, the dude who did, like, second unit direction on the, the Hobbit trilogy and one of his um, wetter underlings. Big stuff. So he's... Yeah, right. After December, after this year, he's then free. So, in March 2018, Spielberg reiterated, Peter Jackson has to do the second part. Normally, if all goes well, he will soon start working on the script as it takes two years of animation work on the film for you. I would not expect to see it for about three years, but Peter will stick to it. Tintin is not dead. That's awesome. I'm completely confident we will eventually get a sequel. Huh. Huh. And that's that's exciting because these are... These are the type of films I just want to be able to go and see every now and then, every every year or two or so. Not specifically a Tintin, but just like a well-structured yeah. adventure series. Yeah.
1: Just like, you know, don't fucking Star Wars it. I mean, speaking I speaking d- of Star Wars, speaking of Star Wars, um, Kathleen Kennedy produced this film.
0: Yeah, a very long-time yeah. producing friend of, of 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 Steve.
1: Yeah. Kathleen um Good old Kathleen, Kathy. but she doesn't know what she's doing, Kennedy. All right, let's- <laughs> yeah, man, fuck Reddit, hey?
0: man. I can't believe those SJWs ruined Star Wars. Am I right, gang? Am I right? This is kidding. This is kidding. <laughs> but even yeah. with even with that said, I do. I'm. I you know, Star Wars is does get a little stale, but I do. I am really excited for with that said, I'm still very excited for episode nine. I like every now and then having these big adventure serials that can come out. I couldn't give less of a fuck about rogue one or even solo solo. I mean, solo tried to do it and that's like admirable, but it's, it's, it isn't, it isn't the same. It doesn't feel the same, but I do want some more of these films just every now and then I want to be able to go into a theater and see this big, Sprawling adventure. I don't want to see fucking Dwayne Johnson trying to climb a mountain. A, a I'm coming With for you. A leg. Yeah, I'm coming for you, Dwayne Johnson. Taking shots. <laughs> Rampage sucks. Stop trying to break up the fast family, you fuck. <laughs> sorry. Um sorry.
1: So you spent five dollars on this film. Yes. How
0: how many dollars out of five was this film worth? I mean it's definitely worth the 5. Like I said I I'd, I'd be willing to pay $10 for this film. And even then it'd be probably worth uh I want to say it'd be if if w- this it's it worth cost like
1: me $13 dollars. to buy on iTunes HD. Yeah. I would have if it was 20 bucks I probably would have spent 20 bucks. Yeah. I'm at of five, 5 stars I'd give this a good 4 stars. Well, we don't. We don't give it. Maybe stars. even we a, give it maybe even a dollars. four and a half.
0: We give it dollars. We don't want to be dar <laughs> hacks. We don't want to. Can't dilute the brand. No, nah, can't dilute the brand. It was completely worth all five of my dollars.
1: Definitely. All right. Well, um, that's a that's what a, a what a time. What a time to be alive. You and yours. So I'm glad that. I'm glad that pointed, at point at time of recording, this podcast is not on the internet yet. But nope. uh, we've already got one in the can, and we're going to get one more. Are we are yeah. we going to spoil
0: it, or are nope. we going to let them? No, nope. I'm going to give them. them a, I'm going to give them a cryptic hint. You better you get you better get aboard the tr- the train. It has podcast. something
1: to do with the first film that we reviewed. There is a connection.
0: Ah uh, yes, no, I, I I I had to think about it there, and then I went. No, I do know the connection. In fact, and, if you've um, by now listened boy. to the first
1: episode, you, you actually pointed this film out in the first episode.
0: Oh, well, now we just get. All right. Well, hey, hey. Could be a, well, could be any bunch of films we talked about heaps. You better join us. You better join us for the next episode. I'm giving you a, a real teaser. Yeah, you're really teasing me out, fam. Dangling that carrot. Well, speaking of dangled carrots, <laughs> um, have you seen Unless, Peter Rabbit? No,
1: oh, no. Oh, shit. Australian
0: fuck and me animated. <laughs> fuck my shit up. All right. Well, this has been uh, Down Down Critics are Down. Uh, uh, we don't have any socials to plug uh, for the podcast, but you can find Morgan on Twitter at
1: Morgan C Roberts and you can find Dominic on Twitter at Dom Fitz Boy. Tune in next week to see something else that we've teased.
0: Yeah. You better stand by this podcast. <laughs> got him see you next time quick end the recording quick bye bye